Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. All righty, here we are. We're back with our number three on a Wednesday in the Northland. By the way, uh, Congressman Pete Stauber will be with us on Friday at approximately 1135, right after the CBS News. And he's going to talk about a trip that he just made to the southern border. He uh, recently came back um, from a trip. He, he traveled to Cochise County, Arizona, with his uh, Western Caucus colleagues to hear about United States Border Patrol agents and local law enforcement agents and the ongoing border crisis. He, uh, in his press release that he sent me to uh, ask for to come on, he said, our visit to the southern border, Stauber uh, stated, listening to the experience of our Border Patrol agents was incredibly eye-opening. The further, uh, the further confirmed that the Biden administration's negligence is to blame for the chaos at our southern border. The Border Patrol agents I spoke with highlighted the effectiveness of Trump-era migration policies like Remain in Mexico and detailed how Biden's elimination of Trump's policies not only caused this spike in illegal immigration, but also put the safety of the communities they swore to protect at risk. Biden's withdrawal from Remain in Mexico reinstated catch and release, and halted construction of the border wall, all actions he could reverse today to stop the catastrophic problems at the border. And oh, by the way, this uh, this bill that was just released, or that was passed out of the Senate to give the Ukraine something like $60 billion or whatever, that that would be enough money to re to build a permanent wall across the southern part of our country, probably two times over. So you know we're making decisions. Not we, but senators and congressmen in this country are making decisions based upon what they see are effective things to do, uh, and and effective use of money. Where um, a lot of us look at it and say that you know what. It's it's just they're just not doing what we the people would like to have. Um, this um, Mayorkas impeachment, I think, was long overdue. Although I will admit it's not going to go anywhere. Um, Tuesday special election in New York's third congressional district. This was the one to uh, uh, to to uh, get rid of uh, the uh, old congressman, the one that had lied to get himself into position. Uh, that uh, has now been won. The seat there has been won by a Democrat, Tom Sozzi. Uh So it it uh, that seat will make the balance even less uh, of a balance between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, and of course, we know that Mike Gallagher, a Republican from Wisconsin, he also has said that he's not going to run for re-election. So that seat is going to be up. Uh, this year as well. So there's uh, there's going to be a lot of changes as we go into the election cycle this year. Anyway, I, I wanted to give you, uh, it's because people need to know uh, how the electoral process starts. And in the state of Minnesota, we have caucuses coming up, the Democratic caucus and the Republican caucus on uh, Tuesday, December, or uh, I should say Tuesday, February 27th. And uh, 
we have a press release from Tom Sullivan. By the, by the way, I think this is the same Tom Sullivan that tested me for my brown belt in karate. Tom Sullivan is a longtime black belt in karate, and he's uh, very involved. Uh, he said, uh, he said in the press release here, I have attached a press release for the 2024 Senate District 8 Republican caucuses that will be held at the Lincoln Park Middle School, you know, the one that's above Wheeler Field there, for the most of the precincts located within the city of Duluth. We would like to invite all Republican voters to join us on February 27th, uh, 2004, I should say, uh, to make their voice heard. The caucus will be this year's first opportunity for many to formally voice opinions and issues such as lower taxes, better schools, safer neighborhoods. It is at this grassroots level that both political parties and candidates are shaped directly by the people that get involved together. We can build our party and effectively uh, need uh, affect needed changes in our government. Our Senate District 8 Republicans are committed to building a better future for Minnesota and, and the Duluth area by participating in community involvement. On behalf of the Senate District 8 Republicans Executive Committee, Deputy Chair Tom Sullivan is available for conversations and interviews. We're going to try to get him on the show uh, possibly next week to talk a little bit about this. But again, the uh, caucus itself will be Tuesday, February 27th, starting at 7 p.m. precisely. Uh, please come early to sign in at Lincoln Park Middle School. Uh, it's the upper lot. Use the lo lower lot if upper lot is full. But uh, try to go to the upper lot because you can enter right the building where the meeting will be held at that time. So, and as I said, we're going to try to get uh, Tom Sullivan on the air with us. Anyway, a couple of other things. Uh, I mentioned the fact that uh, the stock market dropped uh, by over 500 points yesterday. And the reason for that is, uh, sorry, folks, inflation ain't going away. Uh, according to a report that came out yesterday, inflation, having long since overstayed its welcome, announced on Tuesday that it was just getting comfortable. <laughs> it's going to stick around a while. Uh, I mean, we don't make to mean to make fun of it, but Wall Street has largely ignored the single signals over the past few months that inflation was no longer on a path toward moderation. After declining from the roaring days of 2022, inflation spent the first half of 2023 in decline. But sometime last summer, not coincidentally, right around the time the Fed stopped raising rates, it regained its hold on the economy and is uh, now showing growth again that inflation is up, especially things like housing costs, food costs. Those kinds of things are showing uh, headline inflation ran at a pace of 3.7% for the first 12 months of this uh, period. And as I say, about uh, May of 2023, it started to drop and it looked like it was going to be staying down, but it didn't. Uh, towards the end of 2023, about September, it started to go up again, then it cycled down a little bit, but now it is uh, up almost to the highest that has been since uh, 2022. So inflation is not going to go away anytime soon. And uh, 
The Biden administration wants you to believe. And in fact, they came out and said, oh, look how good the inflation is. And of course, they didn't use the last uh, figure that had just come out. So when you throw that into the mix, it's uh, it's not a good situation. Now, as I said, uh, uh, I mentioned the fact that in Minnesota, or I should say in New York's special congressional election to replace, uh, uh, you know, George Santos, uh, the person that had been run out of the out of Congress for lying and uh, uh, all kinds of other things, it turns out that the Democratic candidate for that seat, uh, a guy by the name of Tom Sozi, uh, he wins the seat. He had been a a representative previously in a for about a four-year period. Uh, once he's sworn in, uh, the Republicans will only have a six-seat advantage over the Democrats at 219 versus 213. So it will be even more critical to keep together as a group. That's at least until this fall's election. There are a number of uh, people that have left have indicated that they're not going to file for re-election, and some of those uh, seats are are going to be up for uh, for new elections. We're going to have to find one of them. For example, will be the Speaker Kevin McCarthy, former Speaker who was ousted from the Speakership through a motion to vacate in October. He has left Congress at the end of December. That seat will be up for election. So there are a number of seats that are uh, coming up. Anyway, we've got uh, we've got a caller, our friend Dan from over in the Wrench Hall area. Uh, Dan, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you. You know, I, I I wanted to call because I hope I wasn't listening, but I hope that everybody uh, checks on the Tucker Putin interview. I think it's very important uh, for people to access that uh, because uh, the information that was uh, discovered during that interview is. Profound. Now, uh, Dan, you, when is that going to be on? Do you know? It's on now. You can go on the internet. It's already happened. Oh, it's on. It's a podcast then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that um, the information that is being shared is really important because we've been back. We've been, uh, as you would say, we've been pushed over the Buick for a long time, and they're taking taxpayers' money. And they're going to put it in this country or that country. They're not going to put it on the southern border. They're not going to do it, you know, for us, the United States of America. They're doing it for other countries. And we're being uh, pushed over the Buick, and it's got to stop. By the way, President uh, Trump uh, picked his uh, vice president, I believe. Did he? Yeah, pretty much. Who is he saying that it's going to be? You tell me. Well, I'm going to guess that it is the um, it, it's somebody that was running for president. I'm going to Correct. say that it's yeah. prompt. No, it's not. No, you're right. Hmm. Yeah, go on. Oh, okay. Is it the congressman from down in uh, uh, Carolina? No. 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 Well, then I would have no idea, although it might be the governor of South Dakota. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's not a female. Well, then and I don't know. <laughs> I have it's no, a short a little guy with a lot of information, and he's a, a cheerleader for Trump. So, he, Oh, you're you, talking Brad. about, uh, oh, what the heck was his name? How quickly you forget. 
Um, geez. Thank I'll, you, I'll think of it a little bit. Anyway, thank you. Thanks, Dan. Mike Pence. No, not Mike Pence. It's not going to be Mike Pence. <laughs> well, the what, name. What's the guy's name? What? Who did he? Who was running against him? The guy that had the really funny name. Uh, well, not funny name, but a very different. Well, name. there's a couple of different news outlets. I know NBC and others are saying that Senator Tim Scott has risen to the top of Trump's well, that's vice. That's who I thought it was going to be, but he said yeah. no. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh. I guess I didn't catch that part of it, but yeah, we'll see. He hasn't made an official announcement yet. I no. think there's some others no. that uh, are kind of leaning towards Tim Scott being that person as well, but we'll see. Who do you think it should be, Brad? Who would you like well, to I, see? Well, I kind of like Tim Scott myself. Yeah, I did That's too. That's who I was I uh, thinking. Uh, you know, for a couple of reasons. First of all, he's very knowledgeable, very conservative, and he's black and is going to help with uh, pull some of that vote or base away from the Democratic Party. Yeah. Did you see so this video? And I, I don't know even if it was, well, you know what? I better not say anything because I'm not sure if it's real, but I think it is. You know what? Maybe I should just wait and fact check okay. it on my own because I, I don't want to say well, anything. Well, the one and, video I did see this morning was uh, one of these guys that was kicking at the New York police officers. Remember that? Six or eight of them jumped a couple of police officers and were kicking at them. One of the ones, one of the illegal immigrants, had been arrested and was released. And it has now come out that he has been involved in a robbery at, I believe, Macy's department store in New York. And he's been arrested again. Now the police came and hauled him away a second time. This time, I believe they're going to keep him locked up. Um but I'll tell you what, we are starting to see some real problems with crime out of some of these uh, people that are coming across the southern border. Now, there's a report out this morning that says that the FBI is very concerned, very worried about the potential of MS-13 gang members that they might be joining a violent Venezuelan gang uh, to terrorize New York uh, New York City residents. The uh, Venezuelan gang is called Tren de Arguea. They, uh, there's been a report, the FBI says, that there has been some top-flight meetings between the leaders of El Salvador's MS-13 gang and Venezuelan's Tren de Arguea gang that would see New Yorkers terrorized by a crime spree uh, fueled by these people coming across the southern border. Venezuela street gangs has massively grown its ranks across the sanctuary city of New York, particular in the Bronx. Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has said that a lot of these people are coming right out of prisons and are escaping and moving up to uh, New York. Anyway, we got to take our. Uh, did we get our first break here of this hour, Kenny? We we did not. We did not. And you know, right, I, I know let's... that we talked about it a couple of days ago. This uh, CPI, this uh, inflation index, year over year, yes. uh, Bureau of Labor right. Statistics put out. You know, you look at this, Brad, and these numbers are um, quite astonishing. Six percent increase in rent. This is year over year. Six point one percent. Car insurance up twenty point six percent. Of course, yeah, every, thir every Thursday we have a solution for that, though. 
Oh, um, yeah. Yes, we do. And electricity up 3.8%. So the numbers are up. And what it means basically is, you know, these aren't crushing numbers, but inflation is still a thing. It's still affecting Americans. It's still affecting our pocketbooks. And when you look at inflation under Biden, you can look at data, Brad, from January of 2021 through January of this year. So we're talking, you know, three years. Yep. Overall, an 18% increase in things like energy, electricity, food, shelter. Uh, energy costs are up over 32%. Electricity costs up over 27%. Food up nearly 21%. And then wow. shelter, housing up over 19%. And and those are big, big figures. If you've got to rent are. a two-bedroom apartment in some of the bigger cities, you're talking eleven to $1,500? This is three years, Brad. This is three years under this administration. And then uh, today on Fox Business News, they were talking about, is America going bankrupt? Uh, We're $34 trillion in debt. Uh, Experts say the country is on an unsustainable fiscal path. Who are these experts? Well, Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, said, Right. Past time to get back to an adult conversation among elected officials about getting the federal government back on a sustainable fiscal path. Right. Elon Musk said the U.S. national debt growth is unsustainable. And that's coming from one of the richest people in the world. It's easy for him to say that because he can afford the rents and the food and all those things. But there's a lot of people out there that are really struggling on a day-to-day basis just to provide the basic necessities of life. And then Jamie so, Dimon, he's uh, he's a billionaire. He is, uh, oh, what is his uh, current deal? I, th- I think he's a CEO, chairman, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. He right. said... I think so. Regarding the uh, pending debt and, that we're facing here, it's a cliff. We see the cliff. It's about 10 years out. We're going oh, 60 miles an hour. Driving right for the edge of it. <laughs> so what does this you mean, know, Brad, we, to young people that want to uh, uh, get to college, you know, try to uh, earn some skills, learn some skills, if you will, through trade uh, schools and what have you, and they want to try to get into the housing market, and then what do you do? Yeah. You buy a car, you get insurance, you got to have food, you got to pay uh, utilities. Boy, I'll tell and you, man. All of those things are going up and up and up. I, I talked to a guy the other day that has, he's like in his 30s, he said, and he's been trying for the last five or six years to buy a house. And he said, I, I really believe that housing, to own a house is now almost impossible for me to do. I just, there's no way I can I can do it under my current structure. So... It's not good. To, it's not good times when it comes, especially. Yeah, I've seen these reports on rents in the in the big major cities going up just astronomical. It's very difficult for people. There, you're seeing uh, more and more two and three families living together because they can't afford a place of their own. Anyway, well, let's take our uh, let's take this first break and get it out of the way, and then we'll come back with more here on Sound Off on a Wednesday. KDAL time is one let Let's go to Canal Park, the Army Corps of Engineers. 
We're getting an update. There it is, Brett. 38 degrees, and the winds are uh, they're kind of stiff. They're out of the west at about 12 miles an hour, so we're going to have a wind chill out there that's not going to be too uh, friendly to us. 39 currently in Superior, west wind at 7. Um, and then let's take a look here up on the Iron Range. Eveleth, Minnesota, mostly cloudy, 34 degrees. And, oh, I wanted to go out to La Pointe on Madeline Island. Okay, there it is, overcast in 36, a west wind at 5 on Madeline Island, so uh, relatively mild. And uh, like we'd mentioned earlier, there is going to be a winter-like weather. Uh, well, there is a winter weather advisory in the metro area. It's actually a swath that goes uh, west to east uh, through uh, southern Minnesota into Wisconsin. And uh, they're going to see yeah. some uh, accumulating snow. Lucky! <laughs> oh, poor baby. Lucky! Well, I'm worried about that because my son and his family are driving down to the cities later today. They're flying out to California for a little vacation uh, tomorrow. And I hope the weather isn't uh, going to be a problem for them. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, before crazy. we go to There's our There's no outdoor news. hockey. There's no snowmobiling. No. There's no <laughs> snow blowing. There's no shoveling. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I have a brand new snowblower wow. that I bought and yeah. used one time. <laughs> really? So far, yep. Duluth has received 17.7 inches. We're 41 inches below normal. Now, yesterday in Marquette, Marquette, Michigan, they saw they got six inches of snow yesterday, half a foot. Okay. Well, there you go. They're That's 56 right. yeah. inches below normal. Below normal, yeah. This is just insane. It is. I mean, it's the winter that wasn't, Kenny. Oh, I mean, uh, let's face it. I don't it. like this winter. I want a snowstorm. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> well, you can have it. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> Listen, I, I know we got to go to CBS News, but before we do that, I want to let you know that former President Donald Trump has announced support. And this is kind of old news, but it's, uh, it's official now. He's uh, announced support for North Carolina GOP Chair Michael Watley to succeed Rona McDaniel as the leader of the Republican National Committee. According to a Republican operative familiar with Trump's decision, the endorsement of Watley comes after weeks of reports that former president was growing frustrated with Rona McDaniel. Uh, It signifies his desire for change at the top of the RNC. In addition to supporting Watley, Trump also endorsed Lara Trump, his daughter-in-law, to serve as co-chairwoman of the committee. Lara Trump has been a longtime on-air surrogate for the former president and was briefly mentioned as a possible North Carolina Senate candidate during the 2022 campaign. That would really be something. Uh, while Trump's endorsement comes does not guarantee Watley or Lara Trump will automatically be given the role, it does significantly weigh within the party. So there you go, folks. You just uh, uh, Trump is kind of showing his muscle and starting to take over uh, some of the party uh, functionaries. And I'll tell you what, if he comes through in the next week, I think I'm not sure exactly when the... Uh, uh, the primary is in South Carolina or where Nikki Haley was governor, but it's very soon. And if she should lose that to Trump, this is yeah. going to be uh, very, very interesting. It is South Carolina. 
Is it South Carolina? Okay. Yeah, and, uh, and it's, it, it was like in thirty a week, isn't it? I believe so. I think he had a thirty-five point uh, lead, the percentage point yeah. lead. Yeah, it's major. Uh, I also mentioned the fact that uh, that this bill that uh, has approved, been approved by the Senate, but doesn't look like it maybe is going to go too far in the House. But that includes sixty-one billion for the for the Ukraine. That would build the wall across the entire U.S. border. This week, United States senators approved a ninety-five billion foreign aid package, which will send another sixty-one billion to the Ukraine on top of the billions that we've already sent there. Remember, we're talking thirty-four trillion dollars in debt and as kenny said earlier in the show uh some of the top financial people in the country are starting to say hey 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 don't we have to start uh thinking about how we're going to address this uh this uh, this bill that's out there how we're going to how we're going to even pay the interest on it well House Speaker Mike Johnson said has said that he has no plans to put the package on the House floor for a vote. But the $61 billion in American taxpayer money to Ukraine would build a new wall across our southern U.S.-Mexican border that would make it impossible for people to get across except at legal checkpoints where they could be gone through to find out whether they're legitimately seeking asylum or not. At that cost, the additional $61 billion approved by the Senate for Ukraine, that would build a brand new wall across the entire southern border with likely funds left over to replace old sensors and other technologies designed to, to detect illegal crossers. If the latest funding is approved by the House and signed by Biden, the United States will have spent close to $200 billion in taxpayers' money on just the Ukraine war alone. And we're not even fighting that. We're just giving the money to Ukraine and and pretty much hoping that they spend it on real armaments and equipment because we don't know. By the way, uh, uh, we've heard the comment a couple of times recently from some of our listeners that have said, uh, well, I think Tom yesterday, Tom from Port Wing said that Benjamin Netanyahu, once this war is over, he might have a hard time hanging on to his uh, his seat as as uh, prime minister of of uh, Israel. Well, there's another report out that came out this morning that says, whoa, not so fast. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, this is according to uh, Joseph Klein, who writes for the Associated Press, Getty's Getty's, uh, Press specifically, says Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's domestic support is on the rise as Israel's war against Hamas advances. According to poll numbers released on Tuesday, yesterday, Israel's Channel 14 published the results of a survey conducted by direct polls on Tuesday evening showing that if elections were held now, Netanyahu's Likud party will receive 28 mandates, its best number since the October 7th massacre, the most brutal attack on Jews since the Nazi Holocaust. So Netanyahu is the preferred candidate securing 
47% of the total sample support compared to Benny Gantz's 34%, according to this latest poll that was done uh, just uh, Tuesday night. So even though some people have said that uh, Netanyahu is having some trouble with support during this war, other people are seeing that, uh, you know, they're starting to support and see really what they want to see out of the confrontation. Now, yesterday, um, there was an attack. Well, not so much an attack, but the one of the hospitals, an IDF hospital, was surrounded by IDF forces, um, and they uh, moved into the hospital and found out that, in fact, there were a number of Hamas uh, people hiding in in parts of the hospital. Uh, a recent IDS operation in Gaza at the Al-Amal Hospital carried out without firing a single shot or disrupting any medical procedures resulted in the capture of around 20 Hamas killers hiding in a building meant for healing the sick. The Israeli forces followed up this bloodless triumph over evil by supervising the delivery of oxygen tanks to the hospital, and the hospital staff reportedly aided the soldiers in the capture of the terrorists. In other words, the hospital staff didn't want Hamas there either. So they helped, uh, you know, say, hey, look in this room. Uh, you'll find some more Hamas fighters in there. A cadre of Islamic murderers committed a war crime by using civilian infrastructure as camouflage, putting the lives of innocent hospital workers at risk. And they responded by turning them uh, turning Hamas fighters over to the Israelis who didn't even have to fire a shot to take them into uh into their uh, uh you know into their prison system. Well, listen, we have got to do our uh, Minnesota news, get that uh up to date, and then we'll come back with more here on a Wednesday edition of Sound Off right here on 610 WBC. WBC? How about KDAL? <laughs> KDAL time is 153, 36 degrees in Duluth. I'm sorry, did I say KDAL? I'm sorry, I meant <laughs> to least, say... At least you didn't say WEBC. I meant to say WGGR. No, I'm kidding. There you go. That really was something when I heard that, I thought... Where in the world did I come I up with know. that? I don't You must have been looking at something, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, something's I mean, up I your did, sleeve. I was in the... Way in the early days, <laughs> I was on WBC for a while. So there is this, um, what is this? This is a Florida, oh, I'm not even sure what this is, Florida Atlantic University. And there uh, they have a story okay. about a poll uh, between President Trump and Nikki Haley in South Carolina. And yeah, he, uh, 65% uh, oh. support for Donald Trump to just 23% for uh, Nikki Haley, and uh, even a step further, uh, in a hypothetical 2024 matchup between Trump and Joe Biden, Trump is leading that poll as well by 17 points. Again, this is in South Carolina. Yeah. See, if if that poll is true, and if the vote comes out that way in a week to 10 days, whenever the vote is, Nikki's just going to have to pack it in, don't you think? Well, that's that was going to be my question. Or is she going to go uh, uh, black knight on us and say, "I'm nothing but a flesh wound. I'm moving on." You know the no, Monty she's, Python she's skit where be, uh, King yeah. Arthur. Uh, <laughs> she, 
She's going to have lobbing to be off real, I think. Arms and legs? <laughs> I don't no, know. She's going to have to get real, well, I think, at some point. You know, Brad, even uh, uh, Walter Mondale, when he ran for president, he lost every state except his own. you got to win your Minnesota. own state. Yeah. And I know it's the primary. So if, she, if she loses her state by those kinds of numbers that you just talked about, Kenny. Not good. That's not good at all. So what do you think? I mean, I, I think Donald Trump emerges. I don't think there's any question he emerges oh, as I, the GOP candidate. What does I Nikki agree. Haley do? What is going to be her move? Mm, you I, dare don't, to... I don't know that she has much of a move. She, well, does she, she put her support back. behind Trump, or does, you, she, does she just well, say, I'm th- out and... I think she's going to have to put it behind Trump unless she's just saying, I'm done with politics forever, because you can't burn too many bridges if you're going to run for something else. Or does Trump wait for her to bow out and then ask her to be his VP? No, I don't. Th- I don't see that happening. I used to think that was yeah. a was a possibility. I don't think so anymore. All right. I All really right. don't. I, I think Trump has had uh, Trump is very, very. Uh, needy of people that are supportive of him. That's why he's making these changes in the Republican Party. And I think he wants a vice president that's going to just fall on his sword for him, so to speak. Okay. All right. Say, Brad, real quickly on the weather, we're relatively mild right now. Things are going to change tonight. We're going to get colder. We're going to be in the teens here in Duluth. Tomorrow's high 25 and then things are going to get cold. We're going to see single digits uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. And then Friday, we're only going to be in the teens for Ooh. highs. So we're going to be in a little bit of a cold spell here and uh, be prepared for that. Get those winter jackets out again. Dust them off. <laughs> yeah. Say, uh, really quick, and I know we've only got a minute or so here, but we've talked, you and I, in the past. And we had, I forget who it was that called us up the other day and said, you know, there are some people that are just plain evil people in the world. Remember that? I forget who it was. It was somebody from up on the range, I think. Anyway, there was a case of that today in the Pioneer Press. A convicted sex offender on supervised release is accused of raping a woman last fall in Anoka and then asking his fellow jail inmates to kill her with fentanyl-laced coffee. Yeah. That's I mean, pure evil. Come on, that that's pure evil. That is uh, that's somebody that needs to go away for the rest of their life. He uh, he paid a guy uh, uh, three thousand dollars to lure his accuser to a coffee shop and put powerful synthetic opioid in her drink so that she would not be able to testify against him. I mean, this is a uh, this is a guy Kelly. His name is Kelly Eugene Jenkins, thirty three of Anoka. We shouldn't have never got out of jail after the first rape. He raped a 16-year-old girl and was supposed to uh, spend uh, 20 years in jail for that, spent 10. So, uh, you know, again, another example of just mean-spirited people that are should not be carrying on their life. Uh, the name Sinwar, remember that? The head of the Hamas organization? Well, you better keep an eye on that name because Israel is getting closer and closer to him. They have video of him today that I saw on television of him with one of his wives and his kids in one of these tunnels underground in Gaza. Israelis are coming down on him. They know about where he is, and uh, his time might be borrowed at this point. 
Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow morning, Thursday, right here on Sound Off with more Sound Off on 610. And believe me, it is KDAL Radio. <laughs> Brad, we're going to go out with a song uh, by Klaus Nami. This is Valentine's Day is the name of the song. All right. Be my Valentine, will you, Kevin? Okay. Let's go!